What is up, internets? And welcome back to the Randy King Live podcast channel. I apologize there has not been as many podcasts coming out over the last few months, but I had some personal challenges as everybody has through COVID, and I just didn't have time to get episodes out. But all three, Devil's Advocate, What the Hell Was I Thinking, and Randy King Live with podcasts are back. Today, I'm bringing you an episode with Renee Robin. We're going to be talking about online harassment and all of the craziness that happens there from the types that she experienced to the differences she experienced being online when people thought she was male versus when people thought she was female. This is a super important conversation that not enough people are having. This episode is going to be the starting point for the new direction of the Randy King Live podcast channel. While we're still going to do all three shows, the focus of the shows is not going to be about getting the biggest names on the planet on the show. There are already so many podcasts doing that. Uh, I would suggest if you're looking for that kind of content, go to Managing Violence with Joe Saunders. He is crushing it with amazing high-level guests. I want our podcast here on the Randy King Live channel to be an analysis of the realities of violence from people who have experienced it without as much training experience or polish. So I'm looking for real stories from real people. And I'm also looking to debate people on the fallacies of self-defense. So enjoy this episode of Randy King Live with, where we talk about a lot of stuff about online harassment, but stay on the lookout for brand new episodes of the Devil's Advocate podcast. I'm booking guests as we speak. Look for new episodes of What the Fuck Was I Thinking? The analysis of high stress situations and all of the fun things. But remember, we're taking a different direction. I want real stories from people who are not in the violence industry. So if you are a person who has experienced a violent story and you'd like to share that story, sounded a little bit like uh, the end of Jerry now. If you want to be on the Jerry Springer show, if you want to be on the Randy King Live podcast channel, just send me an email or direct message on any of my social media and we can have a discussion of your experiences because while experts are important, people who are actually living through these situations are also important. I don't think that group gets enough airtime in this space. So welcome to the new direction of the Randy King Live podcast channel. I hope you enjoy this episode with Renee Robin, world famous photographer, super amazing in what she does. Don't forget to send me your feedback, like share, subscribe, and of course, jump on Patreon if you want the bonus content, especially from this episode. What is up, internet? Welcome to Randy King Live with. Today, I have on the show a very good friend of mine, one of my friends that keeps me humble because she is far more famous than I probably ever will be. We have the inimitable Renee Robin on the show. How are you doing, Renee? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I love doing this fake part like we didn't chat for 10 minutes before the show. Like, oh, how have you been? Blah, blah, blah. But I'm doing, I'm doing well as well as can be expected during these interesting times. Renee has been brought on the show not because of her being a very world famous photographer, though we'll touch on that a little bit because it's kind of important. But we, the reason I brought her on the show was for this podcast from the three podcasts that I do here on the Randy King Live podcast channel, I want this to be a little bit more of a topic driven show where we talk and interview people who've gone through interesting experiences when it comes to self defense. Now, in my thought process pitching mode, I wanted to talk about online harassment and I wanted to talk about the prevalence of online harassment specifically towards women in any industry. So originally I was going to bring on a 
but maybe a sex worker, a cam girl or something. But I think if I brought something like that on, a lot of the people who don't believe this happens would kind of give the response of, well, you know, they knew what they were signing up for. So then my good friend Renee over here put up a post on her Facebook about somebody harassing her online, which happens all of the time. And Renee is not in an industry where you should be harassed. She is a photographer specializing in like fantasy, visual and graphic arts, correct? Yeah, basically like fancy commercial advertising. <laughs> yeah, and the, her stuff is great. Definitely check out her channel. It's the one with all of the people on it, unlike my channel. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Renee, why don't you tell them first a little bit about what you do for work? Because we want to set the stage that you didn't ask for this, right? And then we can, then we can move on to the actual topic, which is online harassment. Yeah, for sure. So I have been in the commercial advertising industry now for uh, 12 years this summer, you know, and so I've started in this industry 24, 23, 23 years ago. How old am I? 23 years ago. I did come from the side of of the modeling side and that kind of like helped me cut my teeth. But then I did switch over to photography 12 years ago. And yeah, so basically now up until the current pandemic, I was traveling the world and uh, shooting for advertising clients for internet or like convention billboardy stuff people ask me like oh what does your work look like and i was like well if you combined somebody who really likes fantasy novels and plays a lot of video games you get kind of that result (laughs) that's kind of what it looks like so and yeah that's that's kind of my life i spend most of my time sitting in front of a computer (laughs) yeah so so do i now for a martial arts instructor i did not sign up to be in front of a computer this much it's driving me crazy You work in a field where you, most of the representation you give isn't even yourself anymore. It's mostly images you've created. You still put up images of yourself for modeling days. I'm sure you still do shoots, but would you say most of the content you put out doesn't even involve your image? Yeah, most of the time it doesn't. I mean, sometimes it does if I'm hired to do like a video. So there's a company called Ellen Chrome, they do lighting and they launched a new product this year. And while we were all in Vegas, they hired, they had the people who helped launch the product come together and we did a video. And so that's one of the times where I'll be in front of the camera with other photographers. But most of the time, my work is, speaks for itself. It doesn't speak for me. My face doesn't speak, speak for me, sorry. <laughs> that's most of it. I mean, for a, a long time earlier in my career, everyone thought, like everyone online thought I was a guy, which was great because being on the internet as a guy is fucking awesome (laughs) it's not too bad it's not too bad i'm not gonna lie yeah exactly but then that changed when i was on creative live creative live uh, of course is a massive education platform and i was on there for photo week and it was one of the first times that on mass my face and me was in front of the camera tied to my photography career because before i was just i was trying to not let modeling my previous career of modeling affected my photography job. I didn't want people to think of me as a model. I wanted them to think, you know, think of me as a photographer. So I just like cut that off. And there were no photos of me showing up <laughs> for on my photography page and on my photography advertising. And it, it got to the point where I would show up for meetings with potential clients and I would sit down and, you know, I had like blue hair and stuff at the time. And I would, I would sit down with the client and, you know, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. And then we would just be waiting. And, uh, and I would be like, oh, sorry, are we waiting for one more person? They're like, oh, yeah, we're waiting for the photographer. And I was like, oh, hi, I'm Renee. <laughs> and then you watch them just like, oh, my God. And they backpedal. They're like, I'm so sorry. We thought that you were, you know, like, and I heard this a lot. They thought I was the assistant, <laughs> which is super awkward. 
that, that make that would be very awkward. So this is actually even better of a sample than I thought we were going to get for this conversation. So you've both experienced being in the field as effectively a guy or assumed you were a male. And then you also could see the switch when people realize you were not a male. Yeah. And it was very, very, very fast. It was very fast. It was shortly after Creative Live. I mean, I was getting, I was getting like the occasional threat before, but they were like guy threats, you know? Um, right. So there was, there's somebody who had a, who had a photography business similar in name to mine. I don't actually know if they're still shooting or anything anymore, or maybe someone else has taken up that, that business name because of course it's just my name. So what would happen is I would get like the occasional emails from uh, this person's husband and it would just be like, fuck you, you know, change your fucking name. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it, you know, and that was, that was like the, like really kind of the only stuff that I would get. But then when, when it came out that I was female, (laughs) uh, it changed very, very quickly to the kind of emails that I would get and the kind of comments that I would get. And it was really strange because before when everyone because I didn't even think that people thought I was a guy I was just like I didn't think about it I was like I'm just putting work on the internet never considering the fact that you know someone who was at the time I was shooting doing a lot of work that you know was uh with veterans and you know like call of duty kind of looking artwork and I guess people just assume that the person who makes a kind of artwork is a guy and not a woman and so I don't know I have no answer for it (laughs) but anyways so this happens and then all of a sudden creative live happens and then the comments and the emails and you know the craziness really starts taking off because i mean obviously when i was modeling there was some of that but it wasn't i mean facebook wasn't really a thing back then you know this is like pre big social media platforms that we have now also there was no way to report this that kind of behavior also uh so it was kind of a good thing that it wasn't as prevalent you know and also like as a model like nobody really knew who I was you know I was just doing something that I enjoyed <laughs> but it didn't take me onto a global scale not the way my photography career has uh yeah anyways I'm rambling at this point <laughs> no, that's the, you're the guest you're supposed to ramble uh so <laughs> the I just learned this that I didn't I can't believe we've had so many conversations and I didn't know that people thought you were a dude originally in your career that's kind of hilarious and works out so perfectly for this interview I love it so, <laughs> You said, uh, so let's, let's first talk about that. So when you had the anonymity of people assuming you had a penis, yeah. the threats you got, you said they were guy threats. So what do you mean by that? Like threats of like, so I know you, cause I know you still receive threats of violence, but in a different manner. Was it like more like meet me outside, bro? Or like what kind of communications were there before people realized you were a woman? Yeah. So I, and I didn't think about it until after, right. I mean, it's, it's hindsight's 2020, right. I mean, I just didn't think that because I wasn't getting as many threats because people apparently thought I was a guy looking back on it now, comparing before and after, because it was quite immediate. I mean, the Photoshop week thing I did with creative live went live to, I don't know how many thousands of people. I mean, my own creative live course we did live was live to 12,000 people, you know, over two days, I think it was two days. Uh, but Photoshop week is like, is much bigger and, you know, it's a much smaller segment, it's only 90 minutes, uh, but they have so many people watching because it's free to watch for the first, like, while it's live. Um, and so I don't, I don't think I ever got those numbers, but you can, you can immediately see the switch. So when I was getting threatened, when people thought that I was a guy, it was just, and it wasn't very many, like I said, it was simple things like, fuck you. You know, it's like, it's like bar bro fights, you know, we, you and I've seen them a dozen times, you know, where it's like, you know, dudes start fucking peacocking and like chest thumping. And it was like, you know, those like little tiny things of just like, 
you know, trying to get a rise, but it doesn't really mean anything. You're just like, you know, oh, fuck you. Like, Woo, I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> but when they switched to when people started figuring out as a woman, you know, it was like, you fat bitch, you fucking ugly kind. Like, you know, I hope you fucking die alone. And it's like shit like that. And I was like, this is getting personal, guys. What the hell? <laughs> You know, and like, those are the easy ones. Those are, those are like the, the, the simple ones, you know, where it's just like a baseless attack, right? Where it's just like, you know, somebody in, you know, and I'm not fat by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like I'm 130 pounds, you know, at five foot eight, like I don't, <laughs> I'm not right. that person. And even if I was like, why would you make those comments? Because people are useless. But those are the kind of comments that I would get, you know, they would try to like base insults based on my insecurity. Whereas before it was just this like, head on, like, you know, mild aggression, like, try to get a rise out, whereas when they figured out that I was female, then it was very personal, trying to make me feel uncomfortable, you know, um, people started trying to figure out where I lived, people started breaking in, <laughs> you know, and then it starts getting, like, crazier and crazier, so four years, five years, I've had to live places where I don't have to have my name anywhere public. Right. Yeah, whereas before, it was something I never even had to think about. So this is, this is a crazy switch, right? So obviously I'm a personality on the internet and I actually don't get a lot of hate, which is shocking. People kind of talk more behind my back. I'm lucky, but also <laughs> maybe it's because I'm known to be a giant dude that fights well. Maybe that's why they're not like, what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah. I will slap you and break your fucking jaw. <laughs> <laughs> I find it fascinating to switch and how you say like, not only did the attacks clearly rise in volume once they figured out you were a woman, they were the, the type of attack changed. And like you said before, it was very just generic kind of bar fighty, stupid nonsense, rambly crap. But then it got like scary, right? It got like yeah. they were personally attacking you. They were trying to find where you lived. So was there different, like, could we categorize this into different types of encounters? Like, was there yes. people hitting on you? And then I'm assuming there's people hitting on you. I can see you, I have a camera. So there's people hitting on you for sure, right? But was there also things like, did the insults start one way and then scale up or was it different entry points? Was it like somewhere instantly, like I'm gonna find you or was it always like a, hey, what are you doing tonight? And you're like, that's none of your business and then it scaled up or was it all of that? It's all of it. I mean, it depends. Uh... Like, yeah, it's, it's all of them, all of the above. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because I have some, I have a lot of female photography friends who don't deal with this at all. Really? Like they just never deal with it. And they're total babes. And <laughs> they often wonder, they're just like, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, don't say that. You don't want to live like I live. This is horrible. <laughs> you know, like I joke about it, but like, you know, it sucks and you have to live somewhere. Like you have to find somewhere to live where you don't have to have your name publicly listed anywhere. Right. You know, like that totally blows. Do you, um, so, sorry, I'm just going to ask a question. Do you yeah. think that, I find that interesting that you find there's other women in the industry that aren't getting the same level of harassment you're getting. Do you yeah. think the level of harassment you're getting is because the, so people assumed you were male because of the type of work you did. Do you think that drives a more toxic fan base and that's yeah. why you're getting it? I have, I have wondered that for a long time and I don't actually have an answer for it to sure. be perfectly honest. Yeah, I have, I have wondered that because, you know, a lot of my friends who shoot this stuff, who photograph this stuff, you know, they, it's, you know, it's beautiful and it's fairy tale, it's very feminine, it's very whatever. And, uh, you know, they don't really seem to get, and I mean, I could be totally missing out. I'm sure there's other female photographers out there and male who are getting attacked for the type of work that they're doing or they're just the personality that they have online it is yeah it's it's weird i've never really totally been able to figure out why i mean obviously 
as soon as I post a photograph of myself online, that's when like the, the creeps come in, you know, and the creeps are like, you know, not eight times out of 10, the harmless kind of just like, you know, it's, it's annoying. You know, someone's just like, Hey, like, you know, how about you sell me your underwear for 50 bucks? And you're just like, no, like I get that that's a fetish for you. And that's like your thing. There's websites for that everywhere. Like you don't need to cold call me. So like, you know, that one I get where I'm just like, okay, it's, it's a, kink that someone has they're not actually trying to be harmful they just have a thing <laughs> and then there's the other ones that are just curious you know like hey are you single like where do you live do you want to go for drinks and I'm like none of your business now and no <laughs> so I mean like the the part that I think is funny is they think that the answer is going to change like, part of the reason why I never answer that question is because you say if you say no I'm with someone then they're going to say, oh, but if she wasn't with someone, maybe I have a chance. And then they linger, right? And then they stay. <laughs> and they want to know that if, you know, whenever you're not single, maybe they have a chance. But then if you say, no, I'm single, I'm not interested, then they go like, well, why not? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, fuck you. You know, and then they take it personally sometimes, you know, and then those are the ones that start to get a little bit weird because they have this like rejection thing and it gets, <sighs> it's annoying. <laughs> It, it seems to be you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, at least from when we talk about this stuff, right? Like, so you say you don't answer that question and they get mad at you if you don't answer the question. You answer the question, they get mad at you because they don't like the answer. You, they, get, they get the answer they think might work and then they become a problem. So like, it doesn't seem like there's really a good solution, but I guess one of the things that people need to understand while listening to this show is they're probably thinking, well, just don't answer. But guess what? If you work on the internet, interacting with your fans is most of your job in order to build a fan base, right? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of people who are just like, we'll just don't answer. And I mean, a lot of my friends are these like famous internet models and so on. And they just don't check their DMs because they're fucking crazy. And you just try to go like, okay, well, if I don't see it, I don't need to be stressed out about it. The way that I like to tackle this stuff is, of course, I'm very, very prolific with the block button. And most people don't continue on after you block them, right? So the ones that are scary, so the ones that actually make me really nervous are often ones that I won't block right away because I wanna know when they stop thinking about me. So if they're the, the one that every single like week or something is hi, hi, hello, hi, hi, hello, why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you answering me? Why aren't you this, right? I wait and I wait it out, which is a hard thing to do. But because those ones who are so persistent, what they do as soon as you block them, they make another profile and they try again, right? But then you don't know if it's the same person or not. You don't know if it's that same linear brain or if it's, you know, so like I want to know which are the ones who are actually obsessed and who won't stop, right? And I just recently had one, uh, you know, just over this whole coronavirus thing, you know, exactly that kind of person, you know, hey, how's it going? Love your photography. Cool, thanks. Like super appreciate it. Love the support. Like love that you're here. Thanks for checking it out. You know, because that's what you, that's what you do. Like, I'm not a dick. I love the fact that people appreciate my work. <laughs> yeah. And it's part of the job. Like, I it's think part of the job. If, yeah, if you want to do it, you have to answer the questions and you have to. And so my fans, I do like answering questions. This is a different talk. So I'm not, I'm not outing you. Please keep asking me questions, but <laughs> it, it is part of the job, right? Like you're tired, you're home and somebody's like, Oh, you know, like I saw your work and potentially that could be a client or a lead, or it could be just somebody who might share it. Right. Yeah. Or even just someone who got something out of it that like yeah. makes their day better. And that's enough, you know, like it doesn't have to be someone who's going to become like your next champion or something. You can get something out of them. You just want to appreciate the fact that they appreciated what you're spending your time on. 
and yeah. that's enough. But then sometimes they get like more and right. more and more and they start like, you know, this like little tiny trickle, you know, and you start to wonder like, okay, is this behavior safe behavior? Is this someone who is just like, they're a super fan and they super love the work and they're like, oh my God, they answered me. That's fucking cool. And they're like excited. And you're like, okay, yeah. sweet. Like, that's awesome. Those are, those are the best people. You want to answer all those people because they're just there because they're happy and it makes you happy right? and it makes them happy. But then the ones who don't go away, even after you've pr pushed a boundary, like, 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 you know, some of this one in particular, I was like, Hey, just so you know, I'm really busy right now. I realize it's like COVID and everyone is sitting at home doing nothing, but I am not, I'm extremely busy right now. And I don't have time to answer your messages right away. So just like, give me some time, you know, a couple more days go by. Hi, hello. Why aren't you answering me? And then of course the violence gets up and then the anger and everything. And then you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, watch list. But then, you know, the one thing I always tell people is, is if you're experiencing this on any level, you screenshot everything, everything, screenshot everything, keep it in a folder, print it out with a timestamp and a date on it. Keep everything that you can if, if people if you're experiencing some kind of online harassment because on the off chance that this ever turns into real world stuff which can happen and that's the worst case scenario is they show up at your house or they break in when you're not home or they trash your car all of these things i've had world then you have a pattern of behavior online that the police can use that they can say like okay i have um like a pattern of behavior online it could be one of these people because if you check the profile, maybe they are listed that they are in your home city, or maybe they were traveling to your home city, whatever. Uh, you know, there there's evidence to possibly correlate this, especially if they can track a cell phone um, and the logins and everything else. And so it gives you evidence to defend yourself in court if you have to, if that's an opportunity. And lots of times it isn't an opportunity, but cyber crimes are becoming more are, are being taken more and more seriously all the time because they have a lot of real world effects. I mean, that pop star that was just like shot at her own fan meet and greet. Right. You know, um, th those are things that happen. And th those th that can happen, you know, whether you're well-known or not, you can be a nobody on the internet. Uh, you can just be like posting like photos of you and your kids and, your, and flowers and someone decides that they want to kidnap your dog. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a roll of the dice when you have so many eyes accessing your material, right? And so a lot of the people when we were actually doing an episode with this with a specialist about um, open source information gathering, that's what it's called. That's the fancy term for, you know, st cyber stalking is cyber -stalking, open yeah. source information gathering. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the celebrity that was shot, how that person found her, he went through just years of data and like tracked her through like, okay, this is this reflection. Okay, this is this street. And like, he just found enough information and enough data points to find out where this person was. And that's terrifying. Yeah, but it, it, it's not that hard for the right person who's dedicated. And right. that's the part that's fucked up because those are the people who have the right personality to become those people is they have just like this little switch in the brain that doesn't turn off or doesn't turn on the when when the rest of us do where we're like am i being weird right now like you go on like a date with someone and you're like oh i wonder if i can find out more of them and you just like softly browse their facebook page you know like that's and then eventually you're like this is weird i'm gonna stop but, you know yeah. like like you have like a line in your head where you're like this is actually kind of fucked up i should just ask these questions <laughs> you know you're just trying to like verify that the person that you met is who they say they are right then you're right. like okay well that makes sense check out their linkedin but if it goes further than that, you know, these people don't have that switch, you know, um, and it's, it's very much so a control thing. And right. we can dig into that for a long time if we wanted to.
but yeah. <laughs> I, w- I, want, I want to, number one, I want to just laugh that you said, check out their LinkedIn. Who looks at somebody's LinkedIn when they're doing that? That's hilarious. They <laughs> do though, because then you can find out exactly where they work. Oh, that's God, crazy. But I think that's the, that's interesting. So there is, we live in an age where everybody does some due diligence, right? Some, they'll always be like, who am I going to date with? Okay, let's look through there. Oh, everything they say on their pages, they're a misogynist. Maybe we're not going to get coffee this week, right? Exactly, but yeah. I think the interesting thing you said is there's a line in the sand, and I think that everybody thinks their line is normal, but I guarantee if you ask them what their line is, people on the outside wouldn't see that line as normal. So what I would consider the line in the sand for due, due diligence of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a year into her photos. We're done here, creeper. You're done, right? That might be, <laughs> like for some people's line in the sand, that might be just like a year in, five more years to go, right? Like, so yeah. everybody's, there's no, there's no agreed upon level of due diligence right now we're all kind of figuring that out so people can probably think that they're not being creepy when we would think they would be in that area right exactly so that's what makes it so complicated it's so complicated now before we get into the topic you want to talk about with the uh with the people going deep into the open source stuff it's easy for people to discount this stuff happens because if it doesn't happen to them they don't think it's real right so we were making this joke with the coronavirus some people like well i didn't get sick and i don't know anybody who's sick so it's fake okay sure all of all of science is is trying to keep you in your house because Netflix owns them or whatever your conspiracy theory is. But yeah. how often do you receive messages like this? Threatening ones? Well, okay, so that depends on what I'm doing online. Sure. <laughs> so uh, the, the sexual advances and the unwanted dick pics and everything else, those spike if there's a photo posted of myself or if I've been in a video somewhere, you know, or like we're running advertisements. So like right now I'm running advertisements for the photography tutorials that I have which means that the amount of bullshit that's coming into my account because the amount of visibility is going up, it, it's spiking. Therefore, the behavior spikes at the same time. So that's when I get the, you know, the like, you know, what are you wearing? <laughs> kind of like gross shit, but mostly harmless stuff. If I have, if I do a podcast like this, uh, you know, where we talk about controversial topics and subjects, uh, I will get more threats after, after this without hesitation there's no i know going into this when i agree to this that i have to like mentally prepare myself for the fact that someone's going to email me (laughs) you know or like spam me or like try to figure out my phone number and just like endlessly call i know that these things are a spike that's going to happen and i have to watch uh when i'm getting in in and out of my vehicle uh when i'm like more than normal um for about six weeks after something like this comes out um just because it's it's you know and and i don't I don't, I'm not a psychology major. I can't speak to the why. I can only speak to my experiences. Um, And I assume it's just because I have an opinion that some people don't approve or appreciate about. Um, I I take a, I don't take many strong stances on on much, but I took a stance on, of course, the the PR stunt that was the uh, anti-abortion stuff that was going around on the internet there for a little while. And that happened mostly in the US, but of course, you know, it did happen a little bit here in Canada. And it's one of the few things where I have like a mildly opinionated view on, right? Where, you know, I have an opinion and it pisses a lot of people off. And then, then the threats really spike because, you know, that's going against like a fundamental belief, especially if someone has a very strong religious background, then, then it gets crazy. Then it's like, you know, I check the other inbox on my Facebook and it's like, you know, you live here and I'm going to fucking cut your head off. And you're just like, cool. (laughs) 
so you insane. Know. So insane to me. Number one, like, thank you for doing the show, especially with the harassment, because I think, like I said, when we talk about this, this is such an important topic. And even when I was pitching this to like friends and like just people in the industry, I'm like, yeah, I want to do this episode on this. Like, well, it's not that big of a problem. Like, are you kidding? Have you never talked to a woman with Facebook before? Because this is insane. And like you said, we're using you as, uh, you are a great example because you are public. But if you get a wrong roll of the dice, the person who has no line in the sand went to high school with you, you could just be putting a picture of you and your husband in the hot tub. And they're like, how's your marriage going? Like, what the fuck is happening right now? So no, I really want to thank you for doing this because I think it's important. And especially- no, I totally agree. I, yeah. I think it's super important. I don't think it's talked about enough. So that's why I'm like happy to, happy to discuss. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 100% not talked about enough. So there'll be a spike in this, you said, and that's, yeah. so that's common. So like part of your just like negotiation in your head of, do I want to make this appearance? Is the money worth this? Is this worth it? Is the mm-hmm. spike that you're going to get almost inevitably in new contact from a whole new pool of creepers that maybe didn't know you existed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely the formula that has to go off in my head. Anytime that I do anything that is remotely public, there, there's going to be a spike in, in aggressive behavior. That's, that's just how it is. And it happens every single time. And previous relationships that I've had have sometimes really, they've had to deal with that. And they don't think it's real until all of a sudden, you know, the house that we're living in was broken into and my car was trashed. Right. You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're at the police station. Oh, you have a file. That's the file. That's how thick it is. I mean, like in my case, I have a file with the, with the police and it's, it's just like this ongoing thing of any time that we get these harassments, I screenshot it and then it goes into a, an ongoing folder because on the off chance someone shows up one day and decides to, you know, <laughs> car bought my vehicle (laughs) there's evidence of you know possibly it was one of these people right that's something again this is why i love having these conversations something i didn't even wasn't even going to bring up but the collateral damage so the the you're the target but it goes through you to your relationship to your family right because your mother is i don't want to get too public out there but your mother has a presence online right she well she's an author she's an author and she's getting up there her books are doing really well so how often has it spilled out into your personal life? Like outside of just you, cause it's easy for, it's not easy, but it's easier to be like, okay, if it affects me and it's my job, I get it. But it's gotta be the problem has to compound when you have to take into the thought process, other people in your life who might get affected by this. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, and this, this goes for, for anyone who has any public persona online that for some reason attracts someone unstable, uh, you know, and that's just men and women straight across the board, especially, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine being openly trans online. Couldn't imagine it. That would be brutal. That would be so brutal. Just the amount of people that feel the need to try to put their opinion into their direct messages is crazy, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so that, that is, that is something that we always have to keep in mind. Uh, and it sucks. I mean, I've had people in the past who have figured out where my family members live and mailed them stuff and it wasn't friendly stuff. But yeah, so then all of a sudden, all of a sudden my dad's having the conversation with me of like, you know, okay, well, I got a shotgun and a backhoe, but I don't look good in orange. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and so then, you know, it becomes the question of, okay, well now everyone in my circle has to start like looking over their shoulder and you know, people sometimes like they, they make fun of me because I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid. You know, if I'm staying somewhere where I don't know and I'm not comfortable there, I put a, I put a broom up on the door 
Right. So that if it opens and it knocks down, it's going to wake me up. Because I've had home invasions before. I've had two. You know, and when I was home. <laughs> uh, which is, those are not fun. You know, and those, you know, one of them was someone that I knew and one of them was someone that I didn't know. And those are very scary. And they, they definitely, like, change the way you think. You know, um, a lot of ways, you know, people have thought people will make kind of fun of me because, you know, of this, of this paranoia. But then, like, it starts to become real very, very quickly of, you know, okay, people have been saying with this coronavirus thing, you know, the, the mass instability, mental instability that everyone is experiencing is that they're actually not safe. You know, like this, like illusion of safe that we have in certain parts of the world is exactly that. It's an illusion. You're actually not that safe, but yet at the same time, we are extremely safe. But, you know, it was like this big, you know, curtain pulls down of like, oh yeah, I know literally you or anyone you care about could catch this and they could potentially die in a new way you know like we're used to the AIDS story we're used to the SARS story we're used to the MERS we're used to like H1N1 we're used to that but this is like a new one and it hit the whole fucking planet at the same time the funny thing was when this whole thing started I already had the coping skills for dealing with the world is not safe Mm -hmm. you know you can think that it's safe but being on the internet can compoundly make your world far more unsafe you know and then people always ask me like well then why do you do this I'm like because I don't want the idea of my fear of other people to prevent me from doing the things that I want to do. And eventually one day, maybe that'll change. Like I don't, I have no plans on having kids. If I had kids, I probably would change careers because I don't need to bring them into that. Right. They don't, they don't need that. It's it's enough of a problem for me to think about like, you know, what my family goes through when they hear that I'm overseas and, you know, I happen to have been near a, uh, a city bus in Germany that was blown up by a grenade, right. you know, and that's, that's not personal. That's just like, you know, being in the same city at the same time as something happening. <laughs> well, and that, that, Similar, but different. The same reason I stopped doing any kind of international security work was because I had a little one, right? I'm like, 100%. it's not worth this. I have this, she's 11 now, but when I first made the decision, she was just like, she was just new. And I'm yeah. like, you're holding her. I'm like, yeah, like, I guess what, like going and doing dumb stuff for fun is kind of off the table now for me because I need to be as safe as possible to provide. So you're mm-hmm. right. Like adding the family changes the, the, that dynamic so much in, in all of these aspects. Do you have like a, and maybe I don't know if we want to make this public, but I'll put this on the Patreon. So, Hey everybody, we're going to jump this on the Patreon. So it's behind a paywall. And if any of my patrons harass Renee, I know who you are. I will just find you. So <laughs> we're going to put this on Patreon. So thank you so much for the free show. I'm going to ask Renee another question for the Patreon because I don't want it to be publicly sourced. If you want to hear that question, feel free to jump over to the $5 level and we will have a continuing conversation with Renee about this way more prolific topic than people think. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share and blah, 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 internet things. Renee, where can they find you to enjoy your work, not message you? (laughs) I'm okay with messages. That's the thing. Like that's the other side is that I'm okay with the messages. I like getting them. Just don't ask what color underwear I prefer. It's weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so you can find me. uh, My website is ReneeRobinPhotography.com. Uh, of course, Instagram is the same, Renee Robin Photography, Facebook, etc. I also have a Patreon page as well, which is just at Renee Robin. But it, it is essentially, I mean, you'll read it. I try to keep my entire life, despite this topic, as publicly available for everyone, 
whether you are paying for my time or not, like I value everyone. It's this big complicated thing. <laughs> I just really like people. And then there's this percentage of people who fuck it up. <laughs> well, and I love that like you're still, even with all this harassment, I love that you've chosen not to live in fear. And that's kind of be the question I want to ask is like, what is your like basic strategy to deal with this? But I don't want that to be public knowledge. So, yeah, yeah. but if you want to hear that, jump over and check it out. Uh, it'll be on Patreon. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to go check out Renee's stuff. It is awesome. There is so much cool artwork, especially if, if you're one of my fans and you recognize this background here, you're going to love her work. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so much cool stuff there. So thank you everyone for joining the free show. Like, share, subscribe. We got Renee here. Find her stuff or come and join us on Patreon.